When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, along with Jordan Bianchi, and a special guest. We had requested the race winner from NASCAR, and to be honest, we were hoping for somebody a little bit more popular, but we settled yeah. for the race winner, Denny Hamlin. Yeah. So I'm welcome sorry. to our podcast. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, avid listener here, big fans. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, as, as we are, yeah, this is like the podcast crossover. So <laughs> welcome. Thank you for being Who's on. laughing? Uh, uh, me and oh, yeah, Jordan. Sorry. You know, we have, we have clearly, <laughs> the, clearly the budget here is a little different, you know? You know <laughs> we, we do not have the action detrimental budget. Like, we don't have a studio. We have two microphones for two people. Yeah. We had Kyle Larson. The only other time we ever had a driver on here was Kyle Larson after we won the championship. And we were sitting here, like, trying to juggle microphones between the three of us. It was a disaster. Come on, Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Yeah. I don't know how to. <laughs> See, I, here. Do we need to be shoulder to shoulder so we can, you know? Um, now, although this looks familiar. Yes. This is the equipment that Jeff let me and uh, Jared use when we were on the road. Did the uh, at the Michigan emergency, emergency episode? Yeah. yeah. To kind of give the here's what happened the first sixty laps. But yeah, yeah. so you're, you're familiar with this equipment. Yep. If you win the championship and we get to this again, uh, then I'll try to have a, a better setup. Okay. But yep, you know. we'll work on that. But yeah, speaking of the championship, uh, you're making my pick look good so far. Okay. Um, I picked you to win before the playoffs started. And uh, how many times I, have you done that in your career? Well, too many. <laughs> But, you know, if I figured like you're over, you're, you're I over. If I if I kept going, eventually I would get it right, maybe. Yeah. So, um, you know, so far so, so you, good. So but. you're clearly the guy in Vegas that you you see all red on the roulette <laughs> wheel, and you're betting black because you're like the odds are going to come. It's going to be black eventually, right? Eventually. Yeah. That's why there's nothing in my wallet right now. <laughs> and you're a sports reporter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel good. I mean, you seem like really yeah. confident and happy and content. Like yeah, it's it, everything. I mean, it's it's easy to feel this way when you're performing the way we are. I mean, honestly, there's just no there's no glitches right now. There's no we're just fast. We're you know we've been the car to beat the last three weeks in a row. Sure, we don't have but one trophy, but damn, I mean, the competition knows that you probably have to look go through the eleven if you want to win on any given week right now. I still don't understand. I mean, I, I you will say all the right things after some of these tough losses, but it would be really really hard for me to be like man like darlington kansas like i we're gonna go get him this week like that's i it works for you but it just seems like really hard to do that you couldn't have done that early in your career i assume just to be able to move on that quickly yeah certainly not early in my career for sure um you know you just you got to find happiness and something other than winning because you know if you're if you're in a Hall of Famer, you're winning like 7% of the time in this sport. It's not – you're not winning like 60 70% like you are if you're Tom Brady. It's one versus one on any given weekend. Like we're – this is like PGA, right? Like if you win 6 7%, you're kicking ass. So it's just, you know, there's so many outside factors in whether you win or not. 
this format is crazy as you know we nearly had martin truex you know barely surviving so you just never know and i just i'm very content with like the effort that i'm putting in will i ever win a championship i don't know but i know i'm good enough to like i think that there's been other champions that i i feel like i'm better than but circumstances haven't worked out for me in one way shape or form so i certainly know we're capable it's just you know we're going to keep rolling that roulette wheel to his black. <laughs> I just want to say, I've never related to an athlete more than tonight when you said you're, this is why you're not married is because of miscommunication <laughs> being kind of stubborn. Like, yeah. like dead on. That is 100% yeah. spot on. Never, team, no marriage over here. Are you still, are, well, are you still on the dating apps or? Oh, yeah. I get, I'll give you all sorts of secrets. Okay. You don't need them, but I'm sure. I'm good now. <laughs> um, well, yes. I had, a, I had a question. Oh, hang, on, hang on, hang on. What, like, what do you, that you and Chris, though, just, like, click. Like, why is it, though? Like, I mean, there, there is something there, like, where you guys are just, you guys are completely different, I think, in a lot of respects, but you yes. guys are on the same page all the time. We're different, but we are very similar, too. Like, I mean, on weeks like Kansas or Darlington, I mean, I am pissed, but I'm, like, damn it, I'm a competitor, and he feels it like I feel it. Like, I hate a crew chief that sugarcoats a bunch of shit. Like, I hate that. And, you know, I don't want to be consoled on a crappy weekend or when things didn't go our way. Like, he don't want to console me. Like, it's, we work in that way. We, we're competitors. We're fiery competitors. And we feel each other's pain when shit don't go our way. And then we feed off the energy when shit does go our way. Okay. Um, our time's running short with you, so I want to get out on this. Uh, I'm going to throw a wrench into our game. So you can't cheat because you can't, you don't have your computer with you. So you can't ask people, um, would you like to guess on our, was it a good yes. race poll guess? Okay. And by the way, he did cheat. You cannot, you <laughs> no, can't. No, why did I cheat? Tell me why I cheated. There was, you, first based, of all, you, you reworded the, the question. I solicited feedback and there was no, and by the way, I knew when I listened to y'all last week and you were like, was this an 80? I was like. By far, the crowd. Y'all, I knew y'all lowballed it. I knew it was going to be a mid right. mid eighties right? Yeah. But, uh, but like there there, there are no rules. So I, my question is, do you believe that the race winner plays a factor in people's answer? I, so we're going to have to take a few points. I, I think off. it. I think it adjusted by about five to seven points, like a Kyle Busch win or something like that okay. over the years. I think has been a little bit lower. I don't think it's huge. Like, I don't think like a Chase Elliott win knocks it up that much. I, but think, I think what it, happens in the last run to yeah. like, we had 130 was 130 laps. That's true. People it was probably don't love run. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. 79.6. All right. I'm going to go a lot lower. I'm going to say, I'll say 67. I just feel oh, like, God, but but not because of you. I just no, think I it was I, it was a long run. I, I, I get it. Bristol, you know. I'm probably shooting high there. You're, you're well, you won, right. so you're feeling good. But what, what do you think? Right, you're right. I was gonna go like 83. No, you're not. No, it was like it was good. This was a good you're race. Win. Jeff, it's fine. He's whatever. Like, this is a good race. This was this was a this was a, really if good. If I race. Go, go all over again and and really put all the factors, it's the low 70s. That's what they're gonna say. Low 70s, just because it's a hundred. The fans, I don't know they appreciate a 130-lap run at the end. There's no. no real battle other than the first five laps on that now? restart. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, thank you for joining us. We appreciate yep. you taking thank the time. Thank you all. This appreciate a nice it. Bonus hey, us, thanks, so. everyone, for listening to this podcast. You guys are the first first ones out afterwards, so you give the live reaction. Uh, obviously, I deem it credible because I listen <laughs> to you guys. I don't know why. Thank you. We, we are anxious for you to come out because – 
it's sort of like apologies to my kids, but I have to kind of like stop what I'm doing to be like, all right, stop. I, I got to hear what Denny said. <laughs> Everybody just stop. So. Another reason not to have children. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good night. We appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, <laughs> all right. Well, can I change a, my pick though? Seriously, no, that you was, can't change your pick. That's too high. I'm that too, is I'm more cheating if you change your pick. <sighs> You're gonna lose. You, you, Big Joe Wall, who who uh, grades this. By the way, he he texted me with the score right beforehand. Obviously, I'm up two one right now. But here's the thing. Like, I think if you lose to Denny, <laughs> I think that should be. See, you a can't change the point. you can't change the rules. In fact, you're I changing get the, another point for beating two people. No, see, now you're changing the rules okay. again. Well, anyway. Uh, that was a nice though. surprise. Thank you to NASCAR for letting us have the race winner here as we did a joint uh, podcast. We, we are not doing many joint podcasts, you know, when we're both here at the same time. No, it doesn't happen often. So, it was good. Um, yes, thank you to NASCAR for that. But, uh, yeah, we are, we are here just to set the scene. I know we just kind of jumped into it. Uh, we're on the roof of the, what is this, like the Sugarland Shine Deck or something? Yeah, it's a patio bar. We're on top of the media center yeah. where people stand and party during the race while we're quietly watching TV. Uh, well, people in the media center are. Right now, we're starting to see the haulers leaving. Um, what is it, midnight here or something? Past midnight? Something like that. Past midnight. Uh, we're about to see. Midnight on the nut. Yep. We're about to see uh, the haulers start to head up the ramp. Um, try to anyway, which is always entertaining. There should probably be a live feed of that. I'm surprised they haven't done that. Yeah, because they have like sometimes they have like the haulers coming into the track. Like, oh, they're here. Like, no, like this is the one track where you need them <laughs> you like leaving the track. Yeah. Be, yeah, and again, go back to you should be able to bet money on this. Of, like, which haulers not going to make it up? But Jordan, let's be honest. I mean, this race for for a Bristol race, I think this was in a weird way about as predictable as you could get because. Like, if you go back to what we were saying coming into this race, right? Like, my, my, I was very high on, I don't think somebody, like the people that miss, I don't think they're going to get outrun. Um, I, I think somebody is going to have a problem, a crash, a mechanical failure, something that's going to take them behind the wall. One of the people above the cut line that we were talking about last week. Well, Joey Logano, what was he, plus 12 coming in? Something like that, yeah. You know, Corey LaJoy spins you know he bounces off the wall in a weird way comes back up Logano hits him and just like that that quickly look now Logano was not running well Logano was having a bad night yep. right like they tried to taking two tires at one point fell back um, or they, they stayed out I mean um, fell back the strategy didn't work out but you know Paul Wolf said you know we're, we're back to where we started but ultimately they, they weren't they didn't have the speed but still even not having the speed Bubba Wallace was not going to beat him in points because Logano only ended up missing by four points. So, and he finished 34th. So even if he runs terribly and finishes 29th, he still, he makes it ahead of Bubba, Mm -hmm. but something happened to one of the, as, as has happened in all these other playoff races so far, something happened to one of the the people takes them out and that's it. At, At that point, all Bubba had with, with Harvick, um, not you know he he was already below the. They were just off. They, they were mean, bad. They, they were they were they had no chance to make up their laps because they kept going more and more laps down. So then it, it became like okay well, unless Harvick, uh, unless Truex or, or Bubba um, wreck or wipe themselves out, they will make it. And and you could tell it was extremely tense for Bubba. I mean it was very emotional afterwards. And in the final laps, you know, he's getting upset with Larson and he's, you know, he's really trying to keep it together, but ultimately. He just had to finish at that point, and he had to not like fade and hit the wall and lose five spots because 
Logano still would have made like Logano still had a chance. If Bubba it was funny because when Logano goes out, you're like, oh, he's done. Like he's he's out. And right. but then you're looking at it like, well, you're looking at this. You're like, well, like you said, Truex or Harvick have an issue. All of a sudden, it, it's going to flip, but it never did. And other than that, it's just I thought Harvick was going to be better tonight. I really. I did too. I, I, I did too. I, I mean, I didn't know if he was going to make it or not because he was going to need he was going to need some help. I felt like a little bit, but this was not. They were off, and he he was just like kind of indifferent. Like just afterwards, like walking down pit road, he's just like, we were never going to do anything anyway. Like we haven't won all year, and well, I, I, let me say this: he on Friday when they had their their media session, everybody tried to keep asking about points, and he's like. Yeah. You know, we haven't even talked about points. That's how little we care yeah. about the point situation. They, it, it really just seems like, and I think you have to take them for their word, they want to win. Yeah, that was what, but that was yeah. what Rodney said after Darlington. Yeah. When I talked to Rodney on Pitt Row, it was the same thing. Is that we don't care about anything else. We just want to end this run that we've been on at, with one more trip to Victory Lane. And, and listen, part of that has to be they knew they were not going to make a deep run. Yeah. In all in all. Well, they knew they reality. knew they knew for sure they weren't going to make a championship. They weren't going to yeah. make it to Phoenix. So, so why would you if you're and if you're not going to do that, then why would you say, "Oh my God, I'm so devastated that we missed yeah. the round of twelve or the round of eight. If you know you're not going to make the final four, you don't have you just don't have the speed. It's all you don't have the resources. Yeah, like you don't don't expect you expect little. You're never going to be disappointed. Yeah. So I think I think it's very very reasonable. Look, and, and he can't come out and say, "I don't care that I'm out of the playoffs, guys." I would care if I was thought I was going to win the championship, and I didn't. Yeah. But I never thought that. He didn't. That's what I he mean, said. He's, he's realistic. He said so, that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there. I you mean, go. he said it. He said it. Like we had Bob Pockeris asked him about the end. Like you know, this is the reality is is you're not going to win the championship in your final season. He's like, we never were anyway. Like so. Yeah. They've already accepted that on some level at some point along this way. Right. So then, if you're if you're coming to Bristol night and you're not going to win, you're going to run like crap. Finish five I, laps. Down I just don't think they. I mean, I don't think anybody reasonably thought they were going to finish five laps. No, down. no, but it. Do, but he, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because like, if he if he's still in the playoffs, okay, he's still in the playoffs, and everybody talks about it for a few more weeks, and he plays along and says, yeah, well, maybe we can run well and do this or whatever, right? I'm, again, I'm not saying he doesn't no, care, but, but he's re, he's a realist. And I I'm guilty of this sometimes. Though I I feel like I'm better at this than a lot. Is that this playoff? There is no surprises, really. There's not a Cinderella. We don't. You'll see somebody like last year, like Chase Briscoe makes it to the round of eight. But you give me somebody in the championship four who you're like, whoa, that guy, Ryan Newman, was maybe the last one off the top of my head that I can think of. Truex did it in 15, but he had done it. He was in the. He was running well all year long, so it really wasn't a surprise. Newman was like the only guy, like out of nowhere, like who the heck? Where did this come from? I don't remember one off the top of my head of like a Cinderella-esque, you know, you don't see that in this format. And I think sometimes we kind of forget that. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, on the other side of it, um, I, and I, I'm not going to say I was right because I'm, I'm not going to say I called it. I'm just going to say <laughs> I thought this was a possibility, okay? Because if I was, if I called it, I would have been like, Bubba Wallace will advance. All I'm saying is when we went over the points last week, yeah. I said, there's a realistic path, 19 points. There's a realistic path that if he runs well sure. and he gets stage points and then he just keeps himself in it. And I think I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I said top 15. If you get it, which you finish 14th, um, somebody else ahead of him, 
a Logano, a Chastain, yeah. whatever. Something will happen to somebody and take themselves out. Okay. And I disagree with you. I think he was, he's going to need some help, and he got that in the form of Logano. And yep. if you go there and get stage points, that's this can quickly be erased, and that's what happened. And, and there was for somebody that was down 19 points coming into it. There was it was a surprisingly quiet night where. You didn't really hear him talked about too much. He didn't run up front, but he also wasn't in danger. He didn't make mistakes. Bubba did what he needed to do. Remember, this is his first playoff run. Um, and, you know, even making it was a big deal for him. Now the fact that he makes it to the round of 12, um, I think that's that's a big statement for Bubba who, let's face it, I mean, he's he is as hard on himself as anybody. Um including the fans that were yelling swear words at him during the interviews after the race from the fence. But, um, you know, he, he has very high expectations for himself and he's hard on himself. And, you know, I, I think that it's got to be some sort of because because now just making it that far. I think if you if you're Bubba, if you even make it. If, if, you, if you make it to the round of eight, that is a complete bonus. I, I think you've sort of checked a box now of like, hey, we made the playoffs. We advanced around. Like, anything from here is great. Like, that that would be beyond expectations, I, I think. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it goes back further than just these past three weeks. I think it goes back really to probably July, ask when they really started to turn up the wick. And he started to turn in consistent performances and really down the stretch in – August and they're going through the road courses at Indy and Watkins Glen and then go to Daytona and do what he did there. Like he just did everything he needed to do. And that was really an impressive performance. We didn't see mistakes from that team. They didn't do things they shouldn't be doing. Like this was a very mature group that really has done a good job of when things do happen, they've responded well to it because that was not the case for a long time um, with Bubba and really with this team. And they have put that behind them now. And then you look forward and you say, you know what? And I asked him, I talked to him after the race a little bit, and I said, you know, looking at this a little bit, yeah, you got the Roval, and we know road courses aren't your thing, but you got Texas. We know Toyota's been fast in the mile and a half. You think you got an opportunity there, and then you go to Talladega. Like, you've got an opportunity to, in those two races to maybe build up a cushion where you're not having to go in the Roval fight for, you know, on that bubble. We'll see how it evolves because you never know what's going to happen in either of those two races. But I feel like this round is an opportunity round for them to really kind of assert themselves and maybe get a jump on getting themselves in a round of three. I, I think, okay, this is not a fair thing to say because a race team is not going to view it this way. And I get that this is not a competitor's mentality. But I almost would look at it like, hey, given that we've we've sort of achieved what maybe even overachieve what people thought of us. You know, we, we've, we've done what we need to do. They to got to win. Point, I mean, right? to be honest with you, they need to win a race. That, that's fine. But like, if I, I would almost look at this round, like, let's just go to, let's just go put all our cards on the table at Talladega. And you know, everybody else is going to too, like Keselowski and people like that. Mm-hmm. But like, let's go to Talladega and just go like all freaking out and just try to win our way into the next round. Um, because I, if I'm Bubba, I, I don't want to go to the Roval no. with the pressure at all of, of even being close to points. And the fact that he doesn't have any playoff points already pretty much guarantees that even if he gets a top five at Texas and has a good run at Talladega, like you're still, he just, he's down in points. And, and we've seen how that can affect somebody. Um, I think I saw a stat and I'm, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I've been trying to give credit to people. I see these stats. We're up on the roof. I'm on my computer, but. It might have been Steven Stump, my guy that I keep referencing. You're very fired up, uh, by the way. Why? You're just very anxious. Well, we're, we're on the roof at Bristol. 
It's Bristol, baby. Don't um, do that. Please don't do that. Sorry. It says right there on the screen. I, I know. I was just reading it. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like what, what I was saying is uh, I think Bubba is only like the third guy ever in this format to make it to the second round without ha- without having any playoff points going into the playoffs. It's very rare. Mm-hmm. So now, obviously, he's at a deficit to start round two. Um, so that, that's what I'm saying. Like, just go, just go to Talladega. I mean, don't don't even worry about Texas. I mean, do your best. No, I, I mean, I, go to Talladega and be like, dude, I'm going to go try to lead every lap. I'm going to run up front. I'm going to control the race as he's capable of doing. Well, that's when he's that, that's when he's at his best in super speedways is when he is up front, running and controlling races. And, and then you don't want to points. You don't want to points no, race at Talladega. You, you, no, you don't. But I do think that I think the history at Texas says there's going to be a lot of playoff guys that have issues. And so if you go there and run top five, six, whatever, you're probably going to pick up a lot of points on a couple of guys. And then, statistically, you're probably going to have the same issue at Talladega where some guys are going to find trouble. And so I just feel like you can just go there at both those races and leave with really good you know, stage points, top five finishes, that kind of thing. You're going to be in a lot better spot than you think going to the Rubble because there are going to be guys that have bad days. I'd like to see a stat on this, uh, which I don't have. But how many situations in the first round cutoff race have we seen two people pull themselves from below the cut line to above to advance? Because I feel like a lot of times going into the cutoff race, it's like, oh, there's all this talk about what's going to happen. Oh, like, is this, can this guy make it? And it's like, oh, yeah, the same four or something that came in <laughs> below, they ended up getting eliminated, blah, blah, blah. You know, because a lot of times it's a much bigger points gap. McDowell and Stenhouse, shout out to them, they actually – Ran really well and shrunk their points gap. McDowell had a great really night. Good, he was really good tonight. And if McDowell, you look at that now and you're like, man, had they not had some issues. He's kicking himself for Darlington. Oof. He was kicking himself oof, for Darlington. Oof, and oof. I get it. And Darlington was the thing. And he goes, we just, he was kind of, he was a little bit of like, oh, man, what it should have could have, you know. But also the fact that we kind of put ourselves in position at, at Darlington where we were in the back. We shouldn't have been back there to begin with. We don't get back there. We probably finished much better than we did but it's hard and they that that team had to be almost flawless through three races they weren't being able to afford to make a mistake and they simply they had some issues at kansas where they are darlington when they put themselves in there and then they got caught up into a wreck not of their fault but they put themselves in that situation to get caught in it and then at uh, kansas they had some damage on the splitter as well and that hurt them as well you can't do that. And it's unfortunate because they were great tonight. And this team really punched above their weight class all year and really tonight. I do think that they are in a good spot going forward, though. And he made a point of this, too. If they got a first-year crew chief, they got a couple guys in that team in key positions on the engineering side that are all really inexperienced, shall you say. Like, there's a lot to like about this team going forward. And he's going to have his crew chief back for the first time in, like, four years or three years or whatever. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, it's it's different when you have expectations too. I will say, yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, you know, if if you sort of can be under the radar and you're like, hey, let's let's do what we can and be solid. And but but when people are going, hey, like you made the playoffs last year, we expect you to make the playoffs. You know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's a little bit different vibe, but I I think that's a team going in the right direction. Um, Stenhouse, you know, people didn't have a, a ton of expectations for him, but um, ultimately he didn't he didn't end up missing by that many. I don't have it in front of me, but. He didn't end up missing by that many points. No, and again, was, it he, was, what, was he top ten tonight? Something like that. Or, no, he was close, wasn't he? 
I'd have to look now. Well, Hang you on. have racing reference on your phone. I do. I'm popping it up. Internet's okay. really slow here. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> My phone has been in real slow all weekend. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's uh, cell service in the, in the uh, Smoky Mountains is not the best. Shocking. Hang on. Now I got to zoom in. Okay. D- don't worry about it. Uh, no, he finished 10th. What? Finished 10th. Oh, so he did get a top 10. He did. He okay. And this is a good track for him. But this was yeah, but this he, was the but track in the playoffs where he knew, like, I can go to Bristol and run well. But, again, he he was even closer than McDowell yeah. to making it. So it's another thing where you go, man, if we hadn't had a mistake, you know, you're just like, oh. Yeah. It's it's. They had to be perfect. Again, yeah. they're another team. Like, again, I keep saying the same thing, but, they're, again, they, they, they can't shoot themselves in the foot. They needed to capitalize on everybody else having problems. They didn't do that. This kind of fell their way. The opportunity was there. They didn't take advantage of it. Okay. Well, I started saying um, I got off, I got sidetracked, but I started saying that you know two people pulled themselves off. Obviously, the other one was Martin Truex Jr. He was seven points down coming into this, and the way he ran, yikes! Like, uh, well, there's, they, a, there's another one. Bristol. There's another one where um, you know if Logano doesn't have his problem, I mean. It, I don't know. Anyway, um, look, they so he finished what at uh, Darlington. He, he was went 18th, 18th, 36th, 19th this round. Yeah, 18th, 36, 19th. That's not very good. But so, well, he, so you have no top 15s and you still advance. That is the power of playoff points. But right that's there. The, the, the also it's the playoff the power of playoff points and the power of winning the regular season championship right well it's part of it yeah it's three and, wins yeah so. and so like 15 bonus points though yeah. for winning and so like people talk about oh this format this it doesn't reward sorry like people are losing sight of the fact that consistency from race 1 to 26 matters a lot and it can impact what you do in the playoffs we saw it with Chase Elliott before we've seen it with other guys and we saw it again with Truex now who had a round from hell where it seemed like anything that could go wrong went wrong and it doesn't matter because, oh, by the way, we're moving on and we're, we're near the top of the standings. But only five points and all, yeah, now all of a sudden he's tied for the lead again. Yeah. Plus 25 with Byron. Yeah. And going so, to a Texas track where he should do well. And what a fresh start that, I mean. Oh, my goodness. They just have to be. Okay, so so the talk is now, right, like, so do you, do you put him back in your Final Four as a favorite, you know, a favorite to make the Final Four, even the way they've run? Like, do you still feel good enough about it? I mean, here's they, the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, <clears throat> they do have a lot of playoff points, and they should run well at Texas. Mm-hmm. If they run well at Texas, that'd be a very big positive for them because mm-hmm. I don't feel good if I'm Martin Truex Jr. The way things have been going about Talladega, he's never won um, on a super speedway before. Right. By the I, way, it's yeah, the one know. hole in his resume. Um, the Roval, you feel better yeah. about. I mean, they've won on a road course this year. Yeah. They've been good. He's good on these type of tracks. But I the Roval is a weird place anyway. But yeah, still. I mean. It, <sighs> You got to go to you got to go to Texas. You got to get the taste se- out of your mouth yeah. from this round. You've got you, if you go to Texas and stub your toe again, you're you're in trouble. They're they're done. I mean they're done because then you're going to a Talladega where anything can happen, and yep. you typically don't have your best results there. And you feel like nothing's going yeah. your way. You have no momentum. Yeah, what no. is going on? What happened exactly. to us? Exactly. Yeah, five straight weeks of what, every, what? What happened to the team that was dominating and, and running well every single week, and now all of a sudden it's gone. Saving grace and all that is you go to the roll, well, at least you have a shot to win. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I, I think you make a really, really astute point about having to go to Texas and, like, having just a restart, like cleansing of going there and saying, we just got to go there. And I even like, you don't even have to go there and win. You just got to go there and get stage points. You yeah, got to go there and leave. Top yeah, leave with top five, top ten. Leave there like, cool, man, we got stage points. We finished top ten. We're going to be in good shape. Hey, Michael Jackson playing. So right now do you put him in your final four? 
Yeah, just because I feel like everything that could go wrong went wrong, and they still got out of this, and you see that, and they're okay, and it's like, cool. Uh, get back to me next week. <laughs> um, well, see, here's the problem, right? Because I, I, I'm tempted to put him in my Final Four still, as I, I had him before the playoffs. But part of the problem is, if you take him out, who do you put in? You could make a case for Bell. I didn't have Bell. I know you did. Yeah. You could make a case for Redick. Um I don't really see who else you're going to make a case for. You got Larson? You know? Well, no. I mean, Larson, yeah. I'm assuming Larson and Hamlin yeah. are already in our Final okay. Four. Okay. Right? And I already have Byron in my Final Four. Well, I mean, basically it comes so. down to three JGR drivers for two spots. And so it's – and I I had Hamlin out. I regret that now. I mean, if I'm going to recalibrate my, my – Well, that's what I'm saying. If we I'm going to recalibrate my bracket, I'm not going to pick Christopher Bell to win the championship. Like, I just – I, I thought this team would – tonight they were good. Tonight they yeah. they finally did what they should, which is they had speed qualifying and it carried over to the race. And they had a mistake-free race. This is their first – when was the last time they had a mistake-free race? Like, it's been – it feels like it's been a while. But they did everything they had. They, they had good pit stops. They stayed up front all night. We just haven't seen that from this team. Maybe this is the start of something special. We'll see. This is another one, too, where, like, they can go to Texas and run well. That's good. He's actually not bad on super speedways. He's good on the roll. He won there last year's. I don't know. I, it's yeah. it's got. I mean, I, I'm gonna regret saying. I mean, I had Bell as my championship pick. I go back on that now, and I was probably wrong. But I, I'll go with Truex and Hamlin, Larson. Well, I it's Byron. It, yeah, at this point, it's still hard to see. Even after round one, the only guy. I mean, you mentioned yeah. though the one person that jumped up, and it's a, we've talked about this after he won last week is Reddick. Yeah, like all of a sudden, it's but like, I still don't. I still need to see more from them before I trust them to go all the way to the final four. Plus, they don't have a ton of playoff points. And that's, honestly, that's even a concern with Larson because when you look at the reset, now Denny has moved up to plus 21. But Larson's still sitting there at, what, plus 12, I think, to start the next round, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, like, those we've, we've seen how the lack of playoff points can can have an impact. And, yeah. you know, if, if one thing goes wrong, but I still, I'm yeah, after round one, I'm sticking with my original Final Four. I was obviously wrong about who would be eliminated in this round, but... We each went one for four. We went one for four? We each went one for four. Oof, that's bad. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> Don't look at our picks. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's just say, just for fun, uh, now we need to redo it and say who's going to be out in the next round, okay? So I'll give you number one. Uh, I'm going to say Ross Chastain. I had him out this round, but I did not see convincing enough speed to where I'm like, oh, yeah, um, those guys, you know, I, I think they'll make it. Number two, I would say, would be out, would be Bubba Wallace. I, I just think going in at a deficit, um, it's going to be hard to make that up. I, I see a road course in there, and I know he was proud of what he did at Watkins Glen, but I, I think it's going to be difficult. Um, so I have him out. I, I'm also going to take, well, no, I, I'm tempted to take Ryan Blaney out, but the thing is, these are two – there's two good tracks for Ryan Blaney in this round. It's also one in the Roval, by the way. What? He, he's one in the Roval, too, well, by the I'm way. I'm saying that's one of the well, I was going to say, Texas, he's really good at Texas. Okay, well. He's, he's, he's actually good at all three of these Texas. Yeah, it's hard to take him out then. Um, so, boy, who else do I take out? Now I, I feel better about Redick. Do I have to take one of the RFK cars out? I guess I do. Statistically, it's... I mean, I guess, Ke well, gosh, Keselowski's, I mean, he's pretty good at Talladega. He's won a bunch of times there. Ooh, this is tough. This is tough. I don't know. Help me out here. What are your What are your four going to be that you're going to take out? Uh, Kyle Busch. 
They, oh yeah, that's that's a good point. Bubba, they, have, they don't they don't have momentum. They do not have momentum. Bush They're having too. to fight and scrap. And yeah, yeah, I don't feel good. And about again, that team won a year ago at Texas, so don't completely discount that. But yeah. it's and it did win at Talladega earlier this year. We should say that as well. But it just feels like this team is it's not clicking for them right now. They haven't yeah. had they are, you know whether it's execution or whether he it's got speed. lapped at Bristol. He did. He did. I mean, geez. Anyway, okay, so do we have three of the same? So uh, Kyle Busch, Bubba Wallace. Are the you reason, picking Chastain also? Yeah, Chastain as well. So we have three of the same. And I, and I do think one of the RFK guys goes. I don't know which one. I just think yeah. it's going to be whichever one stumbles. Whichever one doesn't get caught up in a wreck at Talladega. Well, okay, I'll let me, let me say this. I'm going to have to go with Keselowski to be eliminated. And the reason is he has fewer playoff points than Busher, so he has less of a buffer. And um, if it comes down to the road course, I feel like Busher is a better road racer oh, that's than a fact. Keselowski. Um, and you, so you're sort of banking on Keselowski having a phenomenal Talladega, which is obviously entirely possible, but it's also you can't just go there and guarantee that. Chris Busher just won the last Super Speedway race, and well, Keselowski is pushing him, but yeah. Well, yeah, okay, but he was he had the track position to to get that push. Um, anyway, yeah, mm. I, I think I'll just. By nature of the the points, I'll just stick with Busher and I'll I'll eliminate Keselowski. Are you going a different direction? I think I'm gonna go Brad. I'm looking at this now. Brad is so good on super speedways. So you're keeping him. I think so. I think Chris is gonna be out. Okay. Brad this year finished second at Atlanta. He was fifth at Talladega in the spring. He was sixth at Atlanta in the summer, and then obviously finished second at Daytona. Um, at the end of the regular season, that's a pretty good record in super speedways, and he is really, really good. He and he's due for a win. I know that's not worth anything, but he is—he's been knocking at that door. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, it's a, I, I, yeah. I don't feel strongly enough to argue with you, but yeah. I mean, Thank it's, goodness. <laughs> well, we've had plenty of those on our... Boy, I tell you what, this, uh, this weekend, uh, Jordan and I have been staying at the same hotel near Asheville, um, which is about, what, an hour, 15 minutes from here? Well, yeah, like there, but a little less than that, but yeah. So you, I flew into Charlotte. Uh, you picked me up. Yep. In fact, you waited for a six-and-a-half-hour delay that yep. I had on my flight. You picked yep. me up. You drove me up here. Yep. And, uh, and we've been carpooling back and forth from Bristol. And, uh, man, it's been a lot of uh, – I, I think you were – I think you were – last night, uh, I think you were annoyed with me by the time you, you – No, the, you were asking about the size in the car. Because I was sighing a lot. Yes. That was work-related for, for – I was contemplating what we were working on today, which oh, came okay. on the well, we we Well, we, we broke a story at Waffle House on our way to the track <laughs> this morning. We've been working on it for a while, but yeah. Well, we – that was where it we – It published at Waffle House, but we've been working on it for a while, yeah. Well, we were sitting at Waffle House, and we were, like, trying to get more information. Yeah. And we got the information we needed while I was enjoying my uh, hash browns bowl. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I've never broken a story. Well, I, I know you, you break stories on all sorts <laughs> of weird places. But, yeah, so this, that story was um, that Spire Motorsports 
purchased a live fast charter for what we understand is 40 million dollars and then they uh, so they're going to run three cars um out of uh their shop and they are going to um it's not going to be a lease deal. They're not leasing it to Trackhouse, but Trackhouse is hiring Zane Smith on a multi-year deal. They need somewhere to run him in the Cup Series, so they have formed an alliance with Spire, and uh, they're that, that Spire is going to run uh, Zane Smith essentially on behalf of Trackhouse, but they're not lease. And and the people are like, well, that is a lease. But what I'm saying is they're farming the, them out. Like, the that's lease, a- technically, what I mean is that's you're allowed to lease your charter to another team to, to use one time for yeah. a year um that's not what they're doing this is not a lease no. of the charter but they are basically i guess they're you could say they're leasing the driver yeah they're they're farming out zane yeah. to track house is farming out zane to spire for a year we have seen this in other situations uh example clint boyer when he was kind of an in-between year when he was going to replace tony stewart stewart Haas racing helped him finagle a deal with harry scott and so we have seen these kind of things before um it makes a lot of sense and there's a lot to unpack here one Trackhouse is getting a tremendous talent in Zane Smith. I'm I'm a big believer in him. I think he's going to do good things. And that also creates a lot of questions about Trackhouse's future. Not not necessarily next year, but in 25, because they've got four drivers under contract right now. Well, Justin already said in the press conference today there's going to be expansion. Okay, well. I don't understand understand how exactly, because that means he's going to have to go get another charter from one of the drivers. Yeah. Unless they keep doing alliance so stuff. i mean like where are you going to put svg somewhere in alliance or? I, can't, I i don't know i mean this is all going to get sorted out i think you know ultimately we, here's a couple things we need to know is one we don't know what svg is how he's going to transition to running ovals right like he could come here and struggle mightily and it could be like whoa this is this could be a dario franchitti situation right where it's like bad and it's like you know what i'm not happy you're not happy i'm costing a lot of money let's just go our separate way i'm just you know we don't know so well that's going to sort itself out and we talked like the marcos amber thing like he's going to go run a part-time schedule next year he's going to run part-time in cup and xfinity and trucks late models late model. he's going to run a little bit of everything okay well maybe that might be a two-year thing we don't know for sure um but they are going to have to have a third car at some point because they are going to have zane come over so they are going to have to figure that out and then it's going to put a pressure on their current lineup uh, of, well, it's not going to put pressure on Ross. Ross is not going anywhere. You said that, not me. No, it's not going to put pressure on Ross. It's going to be on Suarez. And I, I've said this before. It's like you look at the performance between Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez, um, even going back to last year, um, Ross darn near won the championship. He won one more race than uh, Suarez did. He had more consistency. He was in the points. And then you go into this year, Ross, for all of the issues in the second half of the year, was still a championship, was leading the points for a good part of the early season, leading laps, winning stages, doing those things, made the playoffs. Suarez didn't win a race, didn't make the playoffs. Like, if you're Daniel Suarez and you have that kind of year next year, I'm sorry. But, like, you're all of a sudden, if I'm track house, I'm looking at this situation going, well, we're keeping Ross. And we're going to keep Zane, and we got SVG, and we may have to make a move on Suarez. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, unfor- that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Oh, we have our first stuck hauler. Oh, stuck. It's a 45 Tyler Reddick. Oh, oh dear. You have so never actually have to... seen a stuck hauler yeah, before? Yeah, we've got a stuck hauler on the banking. You know, it's, it's very steep banking. You know, the thing is, I, I tried videoing this last night when uh, Brendan Poole's hauler got stuck. Yeah. And you even at the video, even on TV, you cannot at all see... The, um, the 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 degree of the banking. Oh, oh look, he's, he's, he's moving. He's, he's, he's still going. pulling. He's got momentum. He's got it. Go, 
Oh, this I like think the little, he's free. This is like the little yeah. engine that could. He made it. He made I it. I think I can. I think I can. Wow. Okay. I think that's I some, can. That's some good. Uh, that trailer had some good horsepower. Oh, oh is he stuck no, again? I don't know. Anyway. Um, Suarez. Suarez. Yeah. I just. Uh, you. I think the best way to judge people in a motorsport series that is you know, has a variety, I guess any motorsport series really these days is by your teammate because you don't know what equipment people have. You don't know what, what's going on at, at you know, you can't judge like, well, cause like Harvick, for instance, right? We know that if Harvick had a better car, no. he'd still be winning races. And what he is doing though, with an organization that doesn't have the performance, I think to me, I don't think he gets enough credit. It's like Herculean right. Right. of how he's been able to look lift. at his teammates. Yeah. But Suarez on the, on the other yeah. side of it, you're like, well, you're underperforming mm-hmm. compared to your teammate. And that's when it becomes a problem when mm-hmm. it's, when that's consistently happening. Mm-hmm. And this is two seasons now. Yeah. Um, so but, that's got, he's got to feel the pressure. Now, He's, I feel like he's still got time. Yeah. I mean, he goes out next year, wins a couple races, makes the playoffs. We're not having this conversation. Yeah. But a year, if we're sitting here a year from now. And he's missed the playoffs. He hasn't won. Yeah, that's That's, that's a, a different problem. conversation. And Ross has to do – Ross has to make the playoffs too. Like, you got to – Right. There's got to be a, a juxtaposition right, between right, the right. performances. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Ross, again, is about to have the big Bush Beer sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's sort of like their, their anchor guy. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, and then can you say about Spire? Yes, sorry. No, no, it's good. Um, I, I'm impressed with what they're doing. Like they, like Corey LaJoy tonight led a bunch of laps. Like he qualified well. Like yeah, they're starting to string together. They've done it this year. I've written about this a lot. That wrote about this a lot this year. They are elevating that performance mm-hmm. more and more. And you're seeing that 17 get better and better. They're getting. They're investing in the team. They're getting better equipment. Um, they're getting a driver in the 77 car next year who I think is going to be very ta- – who we know is very oh, – Why would you say that? Uh, the athletic has learned. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, they're getting a driver in the 77 car next year. Let me purpose. Likely, 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 very likely, <laughs> likely getting a driver in the 77 car next year um, that is really talented and young. And I think you know we saw tonight what he could do. <laughs> I thought you were not saying the person's I name. I never said like, any names. I have not said any names at all. Well, you said we. <laughs> I didn't say any names. You said we saw tonight what he could do. You said he was in the Cup race and yes. he's a young, talented driver. There's like, <laughs> aside from Ty Gibbs, there was like one other person. Whoa, are you reporting Ty Gibbs is going to Spire no, next not. year? That, is that what you're reporting? So to? that's not happening. So there's one other person. <laughs> uh, but the point is, like, they are really doing some cool. They they are they are legitimately trying to get better. Yeah, and you can see that. And then. Like they're bringing in Zane, and like that's that's impressive. Like they are yeah. legitimately doing it. Well, and remember, like I th- I think it gets lost the whole origin story. I, and I really think you got to give credit to Spire for sort of kicking off the crazy prices in the market in a way, right? Because there was a while there where um, you know the charters were like, oh yeah, maybe you can get a million bucks or something. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Dustin Long pointed out uh on twitter today there goes denny's holler easing out no problem there all gas baby yep um (laughs) so uh yeah it was dustin long that that was was bringing up the bk racing bankruptcy thing (laughs) where that that got awarded in bankruptcy for two million yeah that was that value and that was five years ago i think he said so within five years now a charter is worth 
$40 million for BJ McLeod's team, which has been like a backmarker in value, mm-hmm. right? So, but Spire, they their offices were above a bank, and they were friends with the bankers downstairs um, when Barney Visser was thinking about going out of business yep. at Furniture Row. And they said, what if we, uh, what if we take out like a $6 million loan mm-hmm. and we buy... Barney Visser's charter. And at the time, People $6 flew. million, that was like, whoa, what? You're paying $6 million for a charter? Can I just say, when I heard the the number, the $40 million figure that Spire was doing, oh, when reporting this story, I, I didn't believe it. Like, I was like, Get, no, stop. Like, the, you're kidding me. That $40 because this is, I don't think, it's double about than what the last previous charter sold for that we know of. That's crazy. And all of a sudden, this is $40 million, and then you're like, wow, I guess. And to your point, they have been a really good job of being ahead of the game and anticipating this. And if you look at the charter market right now, the expectation is, is this is going to shoot to $50 million soon. I don't know what, how you define that, but after NASCAR settles the television contract deal and they renegotiate a contract extension with the teams on the charter agreements, the expectation is the teams are actually going to know what money they're getting. What if that doesn't happen? See, that's, can we talk about that for a second? So I was having a conversation with somebody tonight um, on the NASCAR side about this, and it's interesting because if you're NASCAR, I think NASCAR is really excited by this, and they should be. Like, this is, this is solidifying what they wanted to do, and it, this is proving to be the case of like, hey, these things are now valuable, blah, blah, blah. But you also now, if you're NASCAR, like, you look at this and you say, wait a second. Like, we kind of hold the chips now because what ends if we decide, hey, we don't want to negotiate that charter contract and you just spent $40 million for a charter. Why would you do that? Like, but, but they have You're going to bankrupt your teams that just all. But, you, but I'm saying it's all about negotiation, though. You hold the cards. And if you okay. want, you're trying to leverage it into getting a better deal for you as a sanctioning body, you could. Now, they're not, they don't want to bankrupt their teams because they need the teams and everything like that. But. We've seen all these negotiations go, and they get you know frustrating, and and, and everybody wants what they want to get. Like all of a sudden, that maybe a card. If you look at it, if you're a team and, or you're on a, on, a, on a leak side and say, maybe they need us more than you know than, than they we need them to some capacity. I don't know. I think that's kind of weird. I mean, if I was, wouldn't you just want your teams to be like healthy so that your whole sport's healthy and everybody's? I don't. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But I mean that same set. But none of the way. Why would you look at it like, oh man, these idiots just invested forty million. It's now is a chance where we can squeeze more out of them so that they don't get as much back. <laughs> like, why would you do that? That's like, that's not cool. It's not cool, but it's also that's that's labor negotiations, man. That's like, I mean, that's literally in every sport, like between the players and the league. That's how these things go. There's a lot. There's plenty. Of, there's. I think I, there's no, enough th- money to go around. I don't see. That's the thing, though. That that ultimately is the, that that is what is when you look at these issues that are going on from both sides. You're like, guys, guys, everybody. There is enough money to go around. We can all come out of this good and healthy. And that's where the teams get frustrated because they don't feel like NASCAR is listening to that. And then the teams are like, well, you're spending all this money you don't need to spend. And so I, I agree. Like you know, I, I firmly believe in the high tide raises all ships, and there's enough money to go around where everybody should be fine. But this is just—it's—it's it's just a—it's an interesting wrinkle in all of this. I mean, Tommy Joe Martin's I think had a great tweet today in response to the yeah. forty million thing, um, where he was basically saying—and again, I don't have it in front of me—but um, he's basically saying this is this means there's really no room for like the small 
teams in Cup now um, because you either have to partner up, get an investor kind of thing. Like it's for sort of like the, the wealthy elite club. And I don't even know if he was saying it in like a negative way. Uh, maybe maybe he was. But the bottom line is like that that is the case. And I think that's what NASCAR wanted. I, I don't think that NASCAR wanted a bunch of backmarkers. Like it's increasing the competitiveness um, when, when you're having when you're selling that. OK, when you're selling BJ McLeod's charter yeah. that the 78 hasn't run well they he bj when he's in the car does a great job of staying out of the way and stuff like yeah. that but they never contend or anything they never add something to the race you know what i mean so uh, you know by having another car in there you're you're giving an opportunity to have a more competitive field mm-hmm. and and better racing um you know if, if your whole field is like that from first good. 36 that's um, good that was a golf cart. That would have been funny okay. if you like tipped it. No, that's that. That would not be. You ever rolled a golf cart before? No, have you rolled a golf cart. Yeah, I rolled a golf cart. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, one time um, I did knock over. My dad was letting me drive a golf cart when we were on vacation, and I was maybe twelve. I shouldn't have been driving it, and I ran into like a fence kind of thing, <laughs> like a temporary barrier, and I like knocked the whole thing down. Yeah. That, that happens. That wasn't good. But I don't think I I don't think I rolled it. Okay. When did you roll a golf cart? Uh, I was on with my cousin. They had a golf cart on their property, and we were messing around, doing things we should not have been doing with the golf cart in terms of like taking jumps and stuff. And we went off this little mini jump, and it went boom, like smacked down, and then just kind of like tipped over. Did you hit your head? Uh, no, thankfully not. Are you sure? Because wow, that would explain a lot. <laughs> Oh, that's mean. <laughs> Sorry. So back to your point, though. I mean, like more competitive. I mean, you the, the the theory is you want thirty six very healthy financially teams that are very that are committed to going out when they roll into the racetrack, thinking, hey, they have a chance to win. You could make an argument that that's maybe not the case right now. It's close. It's getting there, um, and you're seeing teams like Rick Ware Racing is making a commitment to get better and improve. You're seeing this now at Aspire Motorsports, and that's again, you want that. It's better for the sport. Um, you mentioned Rick Ware. Another move this week was that, um, well, so we already knew that Justin Haley was leaving Colleg to go to Rick Ware. Colleg then announces that Daniel Hemrick is going to be in one of their cup cars next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he must, you know, he brings some money. He does bring he does bring some money with him. But, like, he can't bring be bringing that much. And, like, they, the whole, I thought the whole thing with Justin Haley was like, well, we needed money, so... And he, he was like, well, I, I need security and I can't, I'm not going to be able to bring money. So he kind of jumped to Rick Ware. But like, when I see the Hemrick move, I'm like, well, couldn't they have kept Haley? Like, I don't know. Is that wrong? Haley had no sponsorship. Hemrick does. That's the difference. I know, but is it that much money? It's for that organization where they're at. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, they're, they're sorting through things right now and they're yeah. going to, they're going to, their lineup is going to look. Very likely. I mean, obviously, with Haley out and Hammer coming in, and we don't know what's going to happen to AJ Allmendinger. I mean, it feels like it changes every day. <laughs> you know, he may stay in the Cup. He may go down to Xfinity. So there may be somebody else driving that 16 car. And that's a team that is kind of searching right now for an identity. And it's interesting to see them kind of work through it. And it's weird because it felt like not long ago that team was really on the upswing and everything was going well for them. And now the Hamburg thing is likable guy, nice guy, easy to root for, all of those things. Um, but he's got one win in NASCAR. His national series record is like one win. That's, that's hard to overcome that. It's hard not to, it's hard to look past that. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, it, it seems like they're they're really changing course very quickly. Where they're like, all right, we need to shore up organization. We need money for stuff. Um, where before it was like it felt like Matt Colleg was just sort of like, yeah, like I'm just spending, 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 mm-hmm. and we're just gonna build this team up. And it 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 just it felt like it changed overnight or something to where it's like, yeah, okay, like this model's not working for us and it's not sustainable, which makes sense, but it just kind of happened quickly happened very quick i mean it was a year ago well a little i mean well, almost a year ago i'm trying to think now like last summer basically they were heavily in the discussion for the kyle bush stuff i mean they had talked to kyle oh, yeah right and so like it, it, you know in a year they went from hey we might maybe possibly being a landing spot for kyle bush which is a game changer to now we're putting daniel hemrick and you know who who else in that 16 who, car who can bring money i guess yeah or, so I it's, know, it's, some, it's some sort of money uh, yeah um, so, Jordan. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. We're standing in Bristol. It is now empty, even though the music's still playing. I don't think people can actually hear the music in the background. I hope not, because our podcast will probably like get like struck third for... Third um, straight Michael Jackson, Billie Jean rendition we've had? Well, there, there, I think there must be some sort of repeat. I don't know who, <laughs> who comes up with the Bristol playlist for like the Bristol cleanup playlist <laughs> after the race is over for people to be entertained. But there's nobody really left except... I mean, most of the haulers are gone. Anyway, we're we're standing in this massive so, okay, place. Can I tell yeah. you this really quick? This okay. is funny. We're talking about clean up music and everything. I was leaving Indianapolis Motor Speedway last month after the Brickyard. Yeah. And it was late because I'm always usually the last one out or one of the last ones out. And they were playing like explicit, explicit gangster rap. And I was like. Over the PA? Yeah, over the PA. Like, I mean, everybody's just cleaning the track or whatever. No one's there. And I was like walking to my car and I'm like, I, I like, I even stopped and I went, oh, all right, it was fine. It was a song I like. I forgot. Was it? I forgot. It might have been Tupac. Maybe like a hit him up or something like that. See, this is what confused me about you. Okay. Oh no. So on our car ride, maybe some of you saw this. I asked you to vote in a poll on my Instagram. On our car ride up to Bristol Friday, there was a, there's a new song uh, that came out with Nas, who you said you like Nas, mm-hmm. and he's Lil got my Wayne. favorite song of all time. Okay, so Nas and Lil Wayne have a new song. It yep. just dropped. So we get in the car and we're listening to the song and we start talking about rap because I thought, well, you must be into rap. So um, I start talking about Lil Wayne, who's on the song, and you're like, I don't really actually know any Lil Wayne songs or or whatever. I'm like, what? Wait, how? <laughs> so I ask people on my Instagram, which, you know, let's, let's keep in mind here. This is a heavily NASCAR crowd. It's not like these are a bunch of rap fans who follow me on Instagram. It's mostly NASCAR fans who i don't know how, what the crossover is for rap, why are you stereotyping fit well it's just how it is 58 percent of people on my instagram said they could name one song by lil wayne which you said you could not so then we started talking about other rappers i said um we started talking about drake okay and i started telling yeah. you about the drake and bobby altoff drama oh god please stop with uh, that most people did not know who bobby altoff is 19 percent did she's no, if you were go on TikTok, you would know stop. her. Okay, I'm not going to explain the whole thing. I'm not going to ruin oh. our podcast for this. But 53% of people said they could name more than two Drake songs. I was going through Drake's hits, and I'm like, you surely know this one. No. 
and you didn't. No. Then I started talking about Travis Scott. You're like, who? <laughs> no idea. Travis Scott? Okay. 82% of people know who Travis Scott is. I'm not, again, I'm not, I don't know why you, I, I own, I admit when it comes to pop culture stuff, I'm not on top of this. But you're talking about, like, I don't have, how? I, I just don't know I'm how you busy. can. I'm busy. And then so you things. said, well, Travis Scott, and oh, you said, no, that's Travis Barker. And I said, well, they both have a Kardashian connection. <laughs> I know. You're I like, did. what are you talking about? I said, well, do you know who Travis Barker's married to? No. 62% of people said they did. Okay. And you did not. So, Anyway, I, I own this. Like, I'm not a lot. I mean, I'm not trying to like pretend I'm like. How some, can this be? It's just all because that. I'm busy. With what? Work. But I'm not like life. Do you think I'm like researching? Think I'm on the internet? Being I like, honestly I don't know how you know this, and it's a little alarming. You have like two small children. I'm like, are is someone watching your children? Or are you just like, like, what are you doing during the day to know all this stuff? Like, I, I feel like it's like this is like basic pop culture knowledge. However, I got a lot of comments on my Instagram from people who I don't want to expose them, but they were like, actually, I didn't know any of these either. See? Or people said, this is like 400 level pop culture type yeah. stuff. I feel like it's basic surface. It's like you're, Travis Scott, like you're a pop culture snob. I don't, I don't think so at all. I don't, I'm barely, I've surface level. Like I don't have, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just had to get that I, uh. off my chest at some point in the podcast, but, um, uh, why did we, why are we talking about rap in the first place? Because we were talking about music they're playing here, and oh. I mentioned Indianapolis and how it was, oh, it was weird. You. Okay, yes. And so I just thought it was funny, like leaving Roger Pensky's track. Who, like, you don't associate Roger Pensky with like gangster rap. All right. Well, <laughs> I was starting to say when we were talking about Bristol and the music. That's th- thank you for bringing me back to this because we're, I was starting to say that these this beautiful, beautiful gray concrete track that we see all around us right now. This will be. Looking just like this, <laughs> it will be uncovered. It will not be brown. What a glorious sight this is, Jordan! What a glorious, glorious sight. No Bristol dirt. So um, yeah, at the tweet up today. Okay, I had multiple, multiple people say, kind of demand a rap. They want a rap. Now I did say to them, but we kind of discussed it, and I said I don't know if he's going to do it for today. But I don't do it today, and that's fine. I don't know if you prepared or not. You do I, I have, don't have a rap. Okay, okay. So I'm sorry. Well, then you're gonna have to do one for the spring. I'm gonna have to do one for the spring Bristol race. The first, not, yeah, I'm not like, gonna be mad about the spring. No, Bristol it race. doesn't. Ha- well, you don't have to be rap angry. You could rap happily. I think I'm an angry rapper. You're just an angry man in general. Oh. <laughs> well. Uh, I don't have anything prepared. I, I was testing some beats last night because you were in the car ride. You were encouraging me. But then you started sighing deeply. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh, see, I was God, consumed. Really see, instead of thinking him. about pop culture, I was consumed with work yeah. and how I could push and our like, story. Listen to this beat. You yeah, and I'm sitting there like, you know what? I'm trying to figure out how to push our story across the finish line here. <laughs> you, you get, I was like, I, I would be playing a beat from this site that uh, has all the free rap beats. And I'd be like, this, this could be a good one to do a Bristol rap. And, and Jordan wouldn't say anything, and he'd just go, I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna kind of back it down here. I think I've kind of <laughs> no. Pushed you were too fine. Far. It wasn't that. I pushed just them too far. I was here, just cons- I was literally consumed with how we could get that story to the finish line. Some people said last week that I was being too mean to you. Also, ah, so you're fine. I, I just don't want to. I deserve. I don't want to push good. it too far. No, like fine. I, you know, I'm trying to like have fun a little bit, but then it's fine. Can, it can be. It's it's right up on the. I never take a person. The edge of of being mean. So so no Bristol dirt. No um, Bristol dirt. Yes, I'm. So I, I'm very you know, excited. Uh, I, you know. So I know you hated it. 
Yeah. I, I think it was a worthy experiment, and I will stand by that. I think it was worth trying. I get for the reasons they did it for TV purposes and everything. I, I'm fine with it. And they tried it. It didn't work. It didn't work how they wanted. You know what? You move on. It's not. I don't think it's a failure, but it didn't work, and you move on. And you go back to here, and you're going to make people happy, and it's good. The thing with this, though, and I think it's to be said, is the spring race needs to sell tickets. And that's the thing. We talk a lot in this podcast about we've talked about tracks having two dates and, you know, Bristol should have two dates. This should be there shouldn't even be a discussion. But you gotta sell tickets to back that up. And you know, and that's the thing. And so people want Bristol back on concrete, well you got it. Now you gotta back it up. Yeah, and that's gonna be a problem, honestly. Because well, first of all, we don't know what time of year it's gonna be. They they need some help with the well, it's gonna be the spring. Yeah, yeah, but like March, April, late April. Hang on. They need some help. <laughs> Let me look. Okay. First of all. Second of all, um, and as we talked about at the start of this podcast with Denny, uh, you know, I don't know that people got the uh, necessarily the Bristol racing they were looking for. It's not going to be super highly rated race. Um, and it goes back to this car on short tracks in a lot of ways, right? Like, you know, they, they tried treating the track with the PJ1. They put him in the bottom lane tonight. They, you know, I think it, it wore out enough that people could race on the top and the bottom. And it was okay. It, mm-hmm. was, a, it was an okay race. It wasn't amazing. But was it the, the Bristol of old that people remember from highlight reels? I, I don't think that people got that. So if you watch tonight's race, are you going to be like, oh, well, I can't wait to buy tickets for the spring. I'm I'm not sure. I I hope that it will be successful because I feel like I uh, I just uh, I was such a, a jerk about the the dirt that. But you want this is such a unique track and it's so good. Yeah, and you want it to succeed because there's nothing no, like I it. Know. This is this is what NAS this is quintessential NASCAR. And so let me ask you this question. Yeah, like we you know we talk about how. You, less is more a little bit. If you go to a market once, like Michigan or Pocono, and there's numerous examples, is this a track where if you just come here once, it's better because you're like, oh, my God, that's this is the one week in the year we're going to Bristol, and it, you create that demand again? No, it's not, and I'll tell you why. I There's not enough short tracks. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Even though the car doesn't race good on short tracks right now, you still need short tracks. I would hate to give up a short track for – Whatever else. Okay, but hang on, hang on. Can okay. I just... I, I, I don't... We want short tracks. But it, hypothetically, you're going to take this date, the spring date, and move it to a different short track. So the same number of short tracks are still on the schedule. I don't think this is a once-a-year place. This place is awesome. Also, like... I mean, I haven't been here for a year because I don't come to the dirt race, but you were here for the dirt race. Does it seem like it was recent? It feels like a long time ago. Feels, well, everything feels like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they're far enough apart that it's not like... Well, there's two dates, and I mean... But why has the spring then been in attendance? Well, I think a lot of it's been because of weather. I mean, gosh, they had rainouts, they had cold, they had... That's not going to change, though, unfortunately. I mean, I'm just looking at... But if you get it in... If you get it further, if you throw this track a break, you don't think it's going to happen? I I just looked at... I know Jordan has his whole laid-out schedule (laughs) of... He has a spreadsheet of where everything's going to be because he's trying to crack the code of the safe that it is the schedule that's never going to come out. And, you know, it looks like it's going to be in spring. Like it's going to 
Well, spring is like, March and April. Well, it looks There's like it's gonna be, it looks like it's going to be in March, uh, tentatively. Oh. Like and that's well, that just that's a quickly, them. you know, my quick math. I think that you know we'll see. Um, that's tough. I just you know that's yeah. the th- that's the thing is. The unfortunate reality is, is there's a lot of tracks that could be better served by putting them later in the spring or early summer, but you don't you don't have enough yeah. warm weather tracks. And yeah, you lose no, when you it. don't have a Fontana in your schedule, it makes it even worse. Well, it, it's weird because I'm going to sound like an old person. Shocked. <laughs> there's a shocker. You know, I've been coming to this track. I've been coming to this track since <laughs> it was so full. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it was it was. It was still sold out. Yeah. When I was coming to these races, when there were waiting lists early or something? in my career, yeah, there was a waiting lists. It was like you had to, you know, people left tickets in their will to keep them in the family and all wow. that stuff. Um, you know, it was sold out for, I don't know, thirty something races in a row or whatever it was. And you know, this place used to be so full and so packed that you know they'd have those big card tricks. Everybody'd hold up a card, and the entire bowl would have this you know, American flag image or like Dale Jarrett's last race. Remember that? Like they had the thank you, Dale, like UPS thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway, now, you know, parts of the stands, like you look up there, like the banners are covering stands that are up under there that you can't see anymore. And then here in these parts, like every other row has been taken out so that people can put their drinks on the things, all that stuff. And it still wasn't a sellout tonight, even for the night race. Good crowd, fine crowd. Good crowd good crowd but what i'm saying is if you were here like when it was in its heyday right like it's it's tough to and again the spring race used to be part of that sellout streak like it was both bristol races that were it was like wow right mm-hmm. so it's tough when you're when you're like dang like how can you how can you get people to come back it, it's just if people are going to choose one bristol race of course they're going to choose the night race because everybody's like well the night race where you got to go I, I don't know what I don't know how you make it better, but I feel like it's still it's still great on TV. If you're going to say, "Hey, Bristol, like, do you want to watch this?" I, I would think it would do well. I, I know the dirt race did okay ratings. That was on Easter prime time, mm-hmm. so I don't know how much that had to do with it, but I don't know. For for me, selfishly, I just hope that both dates are successful. I love this place. I think it's amazing. It's it's so unique. Um, I mean, you saw. Jay Balvin, uh, the Latin international reggaeton no superstar, idea who, who was his shoe collab with um, Air Jordan. He was on the, uh, it was on Tyler Reddick's car. I got to interview him for like 10 minutes. I know, you very giddy. It was very cool. I mean, this The published yet, by the way? What? The published yet or? No, I think tomorrow. Um, anyway, like he was wowed by this place, right? Like you bring a guy like that who does these mega concerts all over the world with like tens of thousands of people going nuts. And he was like, dang, this is cool, right? Like he thought this was an impressive place. I think this is a very unique, anybody that comes here, you, when you walk in for the first time, even, even me after so many years coming, coming down into the, into the track, you're like, wow, this place is unbelievable. So yeah, that's, it's a long way of saying to, to have only one race a year. I, I don't know. I think you just try to make the, both races as good as they can and hope people respond to that and show up. Bristol deserves two races. It, it, Bristol needs two races because it's so special. I thought you just floated that it should have one. I was arguing with you about it. No, I just... I was just, Now you're... I was arguing for no reason. Just let me finish. No, it, 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 in the perfect world, Bristol deserves two races, should have two races. But 
we 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 talk all the time about tracks have to make themselves worth it and we have to hold that standard here as well just you know all the, despite all the magic and everything else and the allure like we can't change the goal push because it's bristol like you have to hold the same standard here that you do elsewhere another thing that happened this week i'm trying to think of all the news <laughs> i wish i had my computer um stage breaks, stage breaks yes yeah caution oh i'm just gonna sit this one out well i you know look it, I, I'm obviously not in favor of them coming back. I was very excited last year when NASCAR kind of floated um, Phoenix week to some of the media like, hey, um, we might be getting rid of the stage breaks road courses. I was like, awesome. And I think the fans were fired up. Um, you know, obviously NASCAR wasn't getting what they're looking for action-wise, but I don't think that was the stage breaks fault. I think it's the car doesn't race well on road courses. Well, I should. It races too good on road courses, right? It doesn't put on the wacky, thrilling show. It doesn't make cautions. It doesn't have drivers make mistakes. It's a sports car, as we've talked about after these road races recently. So you know, but just to go back uh, and put stage brakes back in, you're like, come on, dude. Why? Why we? Why do we got to do this? And in the middle of the season, before playoff races, I, I had heard drivers say, I, I think. Denny was one of these that made the point where, okay, like if you are going to put stage breaks back in, change the length of the stages so that you still have to make somebody make a strategy decision. But they didn't, at least for this Roval race coming up. So now it will be the same thing where you got to decide, oh, do we go for stage points? Or do we go for the win? We flip it. And I tell you what, that, that matters because William Byron made a great point about this the other day. He said, you know, everybody's going to be talking about going into the Roval, the elimination race. Well, there's 60 available points or whatever. So there's not 60 because you're with the way the roval races and how difficult it is to pass, you're not going to be able to win stages and win the race. You've got to pick just like we've seen at these other races, except for one time. I think Kyle Larson won the stages and was so fast at Sonoma that he drove back up through and won the race. But anyway, so Byron was saying, if you think of it that way, there's only 40 available points for the roval going into that cutoff race because yeah, you could get 20 if you win both stages, but you're not going to win the race. So that's the, the 40 points for winning the race. That's all that's available. So that's you just took out 20 points off of the potential swing there. Um, and obviously, if you win the race, that's going through. But my point is 30-whatever, right, for finishing second or whatever it is, um, it, it's going to matter. It's, it's going to play a difference in who goes home and all stuff it, had the stages not been there. And you could potentially go for all three if you had a great day like a like a michael mcdowell i guess he's not in the playoffs anymore but somebody like that right um you could be like hey like i'm gonna build up a lead and i i was you know the race mcdowell won uh people loved that race people didn't like the watkins Glen race apparently that left a bad enough taste in everybody's mouth that it didn't help either NASCAR back was back. Like, yeah well i think not- it would have been interesting to see if you had spread those out a few weeks well, why does every, why do we have to suffer for NASCAR scheduling them back to back? Why? How are you suffering? Because I don't want stages, stage breaks. I don't think the fans do either. If you look at the replies, like NASCAR's tweet about with the news, and you go through the replies, people are freaking pissed. They're like, "Who asked for this?" You know. But I think, and and I don't think anybody did necessarily. Maybe on talk radio or something. But I think NASCAR was like, they just felt it wasn't entertaining enough. Plus. In addition to NASCAR, let's be honest, TV has a lot to do with this. 
the, the track has a lot to do with this. I'm sure the track TV is like, yo, you can't give us a stinker like that Watkins Glen race where nothing happened. It ran almost all green. Like you got to give us, you got to give us more. You got to give us TV. If it runs green like that, they don't have a long enough window. They can't fill it. They got to do like an hour post-race show or something. You know, I'm sure Marcus Smith is like, yo, we like to have entertainment here and that's not entertaining or so I don't know whatever they say but you know I'm sure it wasn't just NASCAR in a bubble that just goes boom they're back because they're the one that made the decision to take them away <sighs> anyway I'm just I'm bummed I'm really bummed because I was you? really yeah. well I'm bummed because I really thought you were gonna like go on a rant and oh you're not bummed about the stage breaks well I mean that wasn't enough of a rant nah it was it was Oh. It was like a three out of a ten, four maybe. It really oh. didn't get like well, what, heated. What else did you not? I so mean, if you could have either s- no stage breaks, if you could have no stage breaks or Bristol dirt, what would you, what would you do? You have to have one. You have to have stage have to have breaks, either stage breaks, breaks or, or Bristol, Bristol dirt. dirt. Um, I'm just gonna surprise myself by saying this, but I think I'd rather have Bristol dirt. Really. Because Bristol Dirt's one time a year. You love it. You love. You secretly love Bristol Dirt, didn't you? Bristol you didn't Dirt's want to one time it. a year, and the stage breaks. I gotta suffer through that for. So now we gotta have stage breaks at like Chicago and all this stuff. Like, uh, okay. Why? Can we not just like it's? Yeah, I get. Okay, again. I get it didn't work for these races how they wanted because, but if you had had one caution. Or something early to, to mess up, like to make people decide what they were going to do. That could have made these races look completely different. I get it didn't happen. But I don't think having two more restarts where nothing happens anyway is going to change the races. And they're like, okay, yeah. Oh, we're going to have stage breaks again. Oh, but we're going to move the restart zone to make sure that it's not like a clown show like Coda kind of thing, right? We're going to make that move that back so that we don't want we don't want some craziness on the restarts with with all the circus stuff well which which is it that's two different things you would think they'd want to keep the crazy turn one right why are you just looking at me with a smile say something it's a mission podcast. accomplished <laughs> that that wasn't even that was the same thing i've been saying that didn't make it a 10 nah, you kind of amped, amped it up a little bit there you were making a lot of hand motions and well, you were getting a little fired up there it was like a six now it's pretty good. It's not one of your best, but it's not bad. Yeah, this I would take wor- Bristol this dirt over having to for suffer you. through stage breaks and having these predictable road course races for whatever. How many? Six times a year? Six times a year. <sighs> I love right. when you rant. Anyway. Um, this makes me so happy. So we've, we've gone through a lot of the news <laughs> of the week. Did we miss any news that we've, that's been come out this week since our last podcast? I, I can't remember. It was a busy week. Noah though, Gregson's uh, reinstated. Noah Gregson's reinstated. Where's he going to go? Mr. That's a good question. I'm going to be – it's uh, to be an interesting question. I mean, I think it's going to be good for him to go somewhere and just have success on the racetrack and let what you're doing on the racetrack be the only let, – let, let that speak for you. Does that make sense? And I think that's going to be interesting. I don't know what, I don't know where that's going to be. I've heard his name – with a couple cup teams i've heard of the xfinity team i mean i don't know like it's still it's tbd we'll see how that plays out but it's gonna be interesting to see what he does and what you know the next act of his career is gonna be like yeah i mean he won a bunch of xfinity races last year he can drive he can you know i think that uh 
That's not the, that, but that's never been the question about Noah though. He comes with some baggage. That's the thing. Like Noah's talent has never been in question. It's the other stuff. It's the decision making. Well, just to not to bring this full circle, but um, I guess we didn't mention him by name earlier on the show, but Carson Hosevar had a heck of a, a run way tonight. to tip the hand, Jeff. What? I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was talking about this race, Carson Hosevar, and I was just talking about Noah Gregson, the forty-two car. Yeah, some the driver of the forty-two car what, tonight. What, what a great, what a great run tonight. I mean, apparently, I think he tweeted he had a loose wheel at the end that knocked him down to 11th. Is that what it was? But, dude, fourth cup start yeah. to go out. I mean, he's been impressive in all three. Yeah. But, like, the way he was just driving up there, passing playoff drivers, again, in your fourth cup start in a car that's not even – hasn't even really been that good this year. And now Legacy is taking a big say, step Legacy up. I was going to say Legacy the last month yeah. or so. And Eric Jones had a really good run tonight going too, and he, he had, had he had, yeah, 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 loose wheelers went on his car, but yeah, no, um, they've, they've done a good job. He's talented, he's man. He's impressive. He is. He's really, and I think he's like only 21 or something too. So. Young. And he got a great personality. Yeah. It's um, going to be a good fit. Wherever he ends up, he's going to be a great fit. Wherever he ends up. Okay. Um, anyway, Ty Gibbs also had a great run. Yeah. Um, Looked like he might get that win tonight. Yeah. I thought, I thought, you, I thought I was going to have to come on the podcast and be like, you were right, Jordan, because you've been saying, I think Ty Gibbs could win a race this year. And I'm like, nah, you got to have situations where you're leading laps first. And, um, he was, yeah, he was very impressive. And then, uh, we also didn't mention that Chase Elliott did advance in the owner playoffs. Yes, he did. The nine car. So he still got something to race for, uh, still alive in the round of 12 for the nine car. Still can't believe he doesn't want to race. I, I, I mean, I guess. But again, just like with Ty Gibbs, I mean, you got to show that you. Most of the time, somebody just doesn't win out of nowhere. You got to show first that. Well, that's, it's all of it though. So huh? still, he's still. That, that's part of it though. Like he's not leading laps. He's not doing those things. And uh, well, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, one other thing. Speaking of Chase Elliott, he d- he did come out this week and say, "Yeah." I, I did get a little bit frustrated with Larson. Um, I thought it was interesting. Larson was asked about this yesterday. We didn't get to talk to Chase this weekend because he's not – I mean, he is in the playoffs, so we should get to talk to him. You would think. But he's not counted as a playoff driver from NASCAR, I guess, so they don't bring him into the media center. Anyway, seems like a missed opportunity to me. Um, they uh, So Larson was being asked about it. I think Claire B. Lang asked him this question about – you know, how he'd react to it. Larson was like, it's, it was never a big deal. I knew that he was frustrated, and I don't think it's in his personality to do this or whatever. And then Larson paused, and he said, well, actually, none of us really know Chase's personality. So, and I thought, wow. Like, and I don't think Larson meant it as, like, a dig, but I, th- I just thought it was such a revealing thing to say that I had never considered because I always view Chase Elliott as, like, he's guarded with us, the media, and the public. Like he's only, he doesn't really, he doesn't want to talk to us. He doesn't really want to do this stuff most of the time, right? Like he's here to do, he said, he's here to do his job. You know, he's here to run the best he can. He's there for his guys. And it feels like he doesn't really care about the rest, right? Like he's, he's just here to do what he's paid to do. Right. And so, but, but it just struck me like hearing Larson talk. It's like, oh wait, like his, his teammates don't really they don't get to see his personality either. Like he's, so that tells me, so I, I interpreted that as well, when he's hanging out with the team, the debriefs, well, of course there too. It makes sense. He's, he's all business. You know, he's, he's not cracking jokes. He's not coming in and saying, Oh, Hey guys, I'm letting down my guard. Like, 
hey everybody like yeah. no that he's there at the team meetings too to execute or when they're doing team activities like he's he's business like his, yeah so i was just like wow it, it just struck me from larson saying well we don't really know his person what his personality is like um god that was i just thought that was really a sort of insightful comment without necessarily i don't know that he necessarily meant it to be that way but you know what i'm saying i hear what you're saying and uh i think the team i think there's that that team needs to do some evaluation over the off season they, everybody needs to kind of look in the mirror and realize like okay what what do we want to accomplish and how do we go about doing that and what can i do to be better to get to that point i mean they weren't bad tonight i mean they were they're fine but they weren't they've been they've been like fine they, they made it to the next round of the playoffs that's great they still haven't led laps as we just got done saying they still haven't yeah. won stages they're not winning races I, like i mean this is not acceptable performance for the by their standards if you, you yeah. know it's not and so i mean it, you know again it you chalk it up. I mean, how many, how many big names? Like, Kevin Harvick goes from winning how many races in 2020 to zero? Nine. Yeah, right. nine to zero. Denny Hamlin got shut out, you know, in 2018 or whatever it was. We, Martin Truex Jr. didn't win a race last year. Ryan Blaine didn't win a race. It happens. Like, you just have those years. And so it's going to be interesting to see what the bounce back is like, if they have the bounce back, what that's like next year. And maybe this is just an aberration and you move on and, hey, whatever. But I do think that there needs to be some serious self-evaluation. Don't you think it's tough? It's almost tougher than ever, though, to evaluate drivers and teams like Logano, right? Like he's out of the playoffs now, right? I was talking about this up in the press box with Nate Ryan earlier. I was saying, you know, last year Logano wins a championship, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, wow, his second title at a relatively early age. This could be the start of a dynasty this could be he could go on a run here he could win he could match jimmy johnson's record he's got enough time i think i wrote that no you didn't yeah okay Oof. you know you look at what he's done you're like well dang like he's yeah. still young enough like if he wins a few more here he could get to five he could get to whatever like if things fall the right way he's so good in the playoffs he he's going to be around these other veterans are going to retire he's sort of going to be like the most experienced guy like when he's in his late thirties, you know, like there's, but then it comes out this year, they didn't have any speed all year long and they're out in the first round of the playoffs as the defending champ. So, and again, like with what you're talking about, Harvick, nine wins falls off a cliff, you know, yeah. Truex out of the playoffs wins the regular season championship. Like, how do you, but Truex had a really good year last year. Like people, okay. people lose sight of that. Like the but dude, my point is, how do we tell how do you how do you really tell who's good i mean i think it's harder than ever in a way i, I would agree with that i think i think the thing with logano is and I, I understand why you i mean listen i think he's gonna win another title or two i think he's gonna have a great career i think he's gonna he's gonna be one of the better drivers of his generation but the reality is and i'm kind of writing this for the athletic is in 2021 how many races did he win jeff 2021 one. Okay. It was here, Bristol Dirt. Bristol Dirt race, yeah. So we went one win, then he goes four wins last year. He's got one win this year. So I, I've been thinking about Atlanta. this. A, yeah. And that was and super sweet. And so over the last, and this is going to sound really silly because he just won the championship last year, but when was the last time Logano was a consistent, like, world beater during the regular season where, like, you're week in, week out, that dude's, like, winning races and, that like, oh, you show up to a racetrack that 22 teams is going to beat. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. 
Well, again, it comes down to the teammates probably, right? You look at the team, you're like, well, it's not like Blaney and Sindrick are setting the world on fire. No. So, you know, you can't really. No, it's just, it's, like it's he's just, lagging. you're right. And you're right. But it just seems like one win, four wins, one win. Like there's just, he's going to be fine. I mean, again, he's they're like, I don't know, he's going to come back next year and win a bunch of races in the championship, whatever. But it's just, the, it's just, it's a little bit of an up and up, you know, like, there's there's not like sustained consistency i guess is kind of what i'm saying yeah well uh i just do want to mention real quick before we go the the xfinity race i know you're in you're it's, it's very late now but uh xfinity race was was pretty crazy that's great race teammate drama good racing <laughs> how much money would you give to be in the uh jrm uh Oh, I team thought you meeting. were going to say the RCR team meeting. Oh, that's true, too. I forgot about that. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Maybe we could do like a doubleheader. We like go you to take the J- one, I'll take No, wait, wait. Oh. We go like JRM in the morning and then we do RCR in the afternoon. Let's just schedule them, you know, let's schedule them apart. Yeah, we need to find we need to find people that can plant like uh, recording devices in these rooms or something just to eavesdrop on. I could do that. Oh, you <laughs> You said that very Oh, that was alarming. That was very alarming. Um also, Dale Jr., boy, I thought this place was going to fall. Wow. I, People were, like, standing up. Like, like I was outside watching. and like, That was really exciting. It was cool. Like, to see him get up there again. and yeah, I mean, he's going to turn 49 in a yeah, few weeks. Yeah, he lit the crowd on fire. Well, yeah, after he, <laughs> right before he lit himself on fire. I guess. <laughs> he comes out. He, you know, he smells of smoke. Right before he came out and did TV, he's walked through the care center. <laughs> he's like, hey, Jeff, look at this. Don't burn a hole, my whatever he said, you know. Uh, um, anyway. Oh, yeah, I saw him in the garage, and he's like, "Look at this! Look at this!" Yeah, I was smoking. That was, I mean, <laughs> there was a legit hole in that thing. He's he said yeah. he said after the race, one more lap, and it would have blistered him up, but he didn't get any burns. So yeah, he's he's had enough experience with fire. And yes, he has. All that stuff. Thankfully, he that. was able to uh, get out of that car, no problem. Yeah. All right, we should probably go, don't you think? I mean, it's been a lot of fun, but yeah, this podcast is quite one of our longest at this point and it's it's pretty late what is it one in the morning or something 115 still got writing to do too i gotta edit the podcast post the podcast we gotta drive an hour back to Asheville. i'm glad that i will say i'm glad they got this race and i did not think they were gonna get this race when they start the engines over and over again stop the radar's looking bad oh it's a rain affected race oh my gosh oh thank goodness they moved the start time up they got it in It, it never really poured like terribly and um oh that would have been bad. I'm glad they got it in. I'm glad they got all 500 laps in. I would have been in. able to stay for that. And who would have driven me back to Charlotte? I would have driven you back. No, you would have come to the race. I would have driven you back and then come back. You would have driven me back to Charlotte and then come back for the race? I go above and beyond for you, Jeff. Time and time clearly, again. Clearly, I guess. I don't believe that. Teammate extraordinaire. You are you are a good teammate. You are a good teammate. All right. Uh, any final thoughts here, Jordan? Nah, we already Britain. did our good race poll. Um, I'm so excited that you're going to finish third in the good race poll this week. This is awesome. All Thank right. you, Denny. <laughs> right. uh, I like Bristol. It's a great. I love this track. I, I like this place a lot. I, I think it, the racing was really good tonight. We talked a lot in the last few years about how do you make the racing better here. I think the racing was really good. Like, you guys could pass. We saw Larson tonight, like, go up in the high line and, like, do his kind of, like, diamond thing. That was cool. Like, that. That's, that is – this is just a cool track. And I know – there's people are probably gonna be hung up on the lack of cautions and there's not the beating and the bang or whatever, but I'm sorry, man. But that was some good racing tonight. Mm, it was okay. 
I mean, I know you think it's good because you put in the 80s, but yeah, I think you're trying to sway the vote. <laughs> I'm trying to sway the vote. Like, <laughs> what do you want out of Bristol? Like, you just want, like, guys, like, slamming into each other and moving each other. And, like, okay, well, you complain about that elsewhere. And so, but you want it here? Like, I don't know. It's a short track. You can yeah. have good racing and not have to slam into each I other. I get that. Anyway, right. uh, thanks to uh, thanks to Denny Hamlin for coming on. Thanks to NASCAR for um, letting us have that opportunity. I will be at Texas next week, and then um, you are at Talladega and the Roval. Yep. Um, then I'm at Vegas, uh, and you're at Homestead. Yep. And then we get to reunite at Martinsville. Back to back, Martinsville. Martinsville, Phoenix. Yes, sir. So we'll have two more. Uh, sorry to those of you who maybe wanted a live YouTube version of this. If you did, uh, it is pretty late though. So I mean, but we can't we can't set up a computer here on the roof to to record this. So we could have. We could have? Look at it. We could sit it right here on this table. On this okay. bar. Well, given our cell phones don't even work, I'm not sure my computer would have had <laughs> Wi-Fi to live stream it. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So uh, everybody, thanks again. As well. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. One more thing, everybody. One more thing. I'm, I, I'll promise I'll end the podcast after this. The Athletics $1 a month deal was going to end on September 17th. And I don't even know if you know this. Have you Probably looked not. in our... No. Oh, yeah. You haven't looked in our channel on Slack. No, a little busy. Um, we uh, They extended it to the end of the month. Nice. The sale, Very the $1 a month sale. So if you would not, uh, if you would like to support Jordan and I, keep us getting out to races, uh, support our work, show our bosses that uh, people are interested in our coverage, uh, please subscribe off one of our links. It costs $1 a month for the first year. It's $12 a year uh, for the first year. For the athletic, and that's not just our coverage, but all of the coverage. I'm I'm into um, reading all the Deion Sanders coverage I can get right now. By the way, now, Colorado Prime. State's winning right now in the fourth quarter. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. Twenty-one well, seventeen. Oh my. Well, uh, you know, living in Colorado, it's pretty interesting to me. So uh, yeah, that that'd be that'd be something. I'm sure that'll be over by the tenth podcast. Oh, twenty-eight seventeen now. Oh well, Coach Prime's gonna be oh so much for that. That's not time left though. It's oh. Only eleven points. All right. Anyway, so uh, yeah, if you could uh, go it's to, our, to rain, oh, by the it way. Is starting to rain. <laughs> Can you speed wow. this up? Okay, yeah, we need to we need to go. Uh, <laughs> listen, go to our uh, X profiles, Twitter, whatever formerly known as Twitter. Uh, I'll have a pinned tweet there you should too and subscribe off our oh it's, it's starting yeah seriously okay. wrap this up all right everybody thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time on the teardown